What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I'm recording this episode really early than what I normally record. I normally record these episodes like late in the afternoon, like around 5 or 6 o'clock. But I'm up early. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, trying to get these last couple of podcast episodes in before I go back to college this upcoming Friday, which is only like two days away. So on this episode, I'm going to be previewing some more week two NFL preseason matchups. We got the Ravens and the Panthers, the Falcons taking on the Miami Dolphins, Indianapolis versus Minnesota, and the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New Orleans Saints. So if you are a First-time listener of the podcast and you're new, make sure that you go ahead, leave a five-star review on the podcast. Also, make sure that you follow me on my social media pages. My Instagram and Twitter is both JTSports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter pages, which are JTSports underscore. And lastly, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JTSports. The first game that we have to talk about on this episode are the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Carolina Panthers. Now, Baltimore defeated the Saints last week, 17-14, and Carolina was defeated by the Indianapolis Colts, 18-21. Now, when you watched the Ravens last week, obviously something that was on full display was how much talent and depth that they have at the secondary. Cornerback and safety is incredibly deep for Baltimore. As a matter of fact, you probably could say that Baltimore has the best safety and cornerback position groups in the whole entire NFL. You had Geno Stone, who had two interceptions. You have Sean Wade, who had the game-winning interception against Ian Book. You also have Brandon Steffens, Chris Westry, Darius Washington, an undrafted rookie free agent, who also performed really good. So their whole entire secondary is incredibly deep. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do against the Carolina Panthers wide receiving core, which the Carolina Panthers... Their best receiver from last game, in my opinion, was Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall had a really nice showing in his first ever NFL game. Not officially, since this is the preseason. It's more like an exhibition, but it was really good to see what Terrence Marshall was able to do. I have been really high on Terrence Marshall. I think that he could have a pretty solid rookie season for the Carolina Panthers. He had a nice little touchdown where P.J. Walker was able to scramble outside the pocket and was able to extend the and get the ball out to Terrence Marshall. So Terrence Marshall had a really good performance last week against Indianapolis, and he's definitely going to be tested against a really good Baltimore secondary. Now for the Ravens, you also have a backup quarterback battle that's going on between Tyler Huntley and Trace McSorley. Now I think that Tyler Huntley from last week's performance, I think that he has to probably be in the league. He was 12 of 16 for 79 passing yards. He also had 43 rushing yards on seven carries, and he also had a rushing touchdown as well. Now Trace McSorley didn't play bad. He was 11 of 18, 86 passing yards, but he did throw an interception, but he ran for 25 rushing yards also. I just think that 
Trace McSorley, the offense didn't run as smooth under him when he was at the helm at quarterback compared to how it ran under Tyler Huntley. When Tyler Huntley was at quarterback, the offense was a little bit more efficient compared to when Trace McSorley was in there. So I think that um, Tyler Huntley definitely is in the league right now when it comes to that backup quarterback battle behind Lamar Jackson. And also, I think that Tyler Huntley is a way more explosive runner compared to Trace McSorley. Like, when you watch Tyler Huntley run, like, you would think that you would be seeing another version of Lamar Jackson because this guy is incredibly explosive in his own right. Now, you know, he doesn't have that acceleration that Lamar Jackson has, but if you didn't know who these two guys were and they both had the same jersey number, I see a lot of, you know, similar characteristics in terms of how those two quarterbacks run. Like, they're very explosive. Now, as we all know, Lamar Jackson is way more faster, but... When I watch Tyler Huntley run, man, like I definitely see a lot of similarities to Lamar Jackson's running style. So it's still really interesting to keep tabs on this because we don't know if Baltimore is going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. They could keep two, but I could also see them keeping three in case, unfortunately, you know, you got to have like a COVID relief quarterback. Now, the offensive line had their ups and downs. I think that it struggled for the most part last week. It's interesting to see what this offensive line does against Carolina because the offensive line didn't really have a couple of key starters, Ron Ronnie Stanley didn't play, Kevin Zeitler didn't play, and neither did Ben Cleveland. He also didn't participate in last week's preseason matchup. So if those guys do play in this game, I want to see the improvement from the offensive line because the offensive line wasn't all that great, which I think is a big reason why the quarterbacks didn't have, you know, the great production that we're looking for when it comes to that backup job. So I think if the offensive line can improve, we should see the quarterback play improve also along with the running game. Now for Carolina, I had a couple of Panthers fans ask me this on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you go ahead and you follow me on those. My link to my Twitter and Instagram is down in the description down below, JT Sports underscore. But I had a Panthers fan ask me in the comment section one of my videos also. Is P.J. Walker better than Sam Darnold? Now, P.J. Walker had a pretty nice performance against Indianapolis last week. He was 10-21, 161 passing yards and a touchdown. He was able to get outside the pocket and extend plays. He looked really solid. But I wouldn't go as far to say as him being better than Sam Darnold. I still think Sam Darnold is the better option right now and I still think he's the best quarterback on the team due to the fact that I think he's a little bit more accurate and I think that he's a little bit more polished than PJ Walker with PJ Walker we definitely saw some really good plays we saw some brilliance there when he was able to extend the play step up in the pocket when the pocket was collapsing move out like we saw he was outside that pocket when he threw that pass to Terrence Marshall which went for a lot of yards so when I look at PJ Walker as of right now I just see him as a really good backup quarterback I don't really know right now if he's better than Sam Darnold and a lot of you Panthers fans gotta understand that you're saying this based off one preseason game okay for all we know PJ Walker could play terrible for the next two preseason games so it's a little bit too early to be coming out here making these statements 
that PJ Walker is better than Sam Darnold or is he or is he not? Could he be challenging Sam Darnold? Like we know that Sam Darnold is going to be the guy come week one. So a lot of people, when it comes to these week one preseason games, they tend to get a little bit too excited and they, you know, they you're just you haven't watched football in a very long time so of course you're going to be really excited when you have a player on your team that performs really well but you have to take everything with a grain of salt it's the only preseason game that pj walker has played in so far he did play last season but you know he had a pretty good game but he definitely could have played a little bit better he had some really big incompletions like he had like one completion that could have went for a touchdown that he overthrew so overall i think pj walker had a really solid game but i think for right now i just view him more as a backup option now i'm not saying that he can't you know change he could end up being a really good starter for carolina they need him to step up if he continues to play well but for right now I'm not going to say that PJ Walker is better than Sam Darnold based on one week of preseason action I just need to see more the Panthers pass rush rotation was really impressive last game Marquise Hayes great gross Matus both had the sack they both look really impressive Baltimore's off the line struggled last week and Carolina's pass rush was really impressive last week. So I want to see is the offensive line for Baltimore going to continue to struggle in this game? And is Carolina going to continue to flourish in that department? Or, you know, is Baltimore's offensive line play going to improve? Or are they going to kind of try to neutralize the pass rush of Carolina? They have some pretty good depth there. Now, my players to watch for both these two teams. For Carolina, I keep my eye out on rookie halfback Chuba Hubbard. I don't know why people keep calling him Chubba Hubbard or Chubba Hubert, like keep mispronouncing his name is Chuba Hubbard but he had a really really good game last week seven carries 80 rushing yards he was really impressive we definitely saw the explosiveness and last season we didn't really see the Chuba Hubbard that we saw back in 2019 he was kind of battling injuries for Oklahoma State last year so when we saw him fully healthy for the first time last week he was impressive now he's definitely going to be Chris McCaffrey's back up you lost Mike Davis who looking for a backup option there and when Chris McCaffrey needs a break or he needs a breather Chuba Hubbard is going to be the guy to step in I also like what I saw out of rookie tight end Tommy Trimble he had three catches for 19 yards in the touchdown I was really impressed with what I saw out of him Justice Hill I am still waiting to see Justice Hill have a good performance I've yet to seen anything really spectacular out of Justice Hill and remind you a lot of Ravens fans when he was drafted a couple of years ago were saying oh JT he's going to be the change of pace back you're tripping because I thought the Justice Hill pick wasn't a great selection because I didn't really think he he meshed with what Baltimore wanted to do when it came to running the football normally they have power backs who can run in between the tackles just heals more of you know a zone run more of a running back that you want to get outside more so for Justice Hill he didn't really do anything last game he had five carries for eight rushing yards so I'm still looking for Justice Hill to show me something because I think there's a very good chance that we could see Justice Hill not make the final 53 man roster now Geno Stone Geno Stone was a really great player for Baltimore last week two interceptions he caught an interception against both 
Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. So I was really impressed with him. I was really impressed with his man cover skills. If there was, you know, like team of the week awards giving out to, you know, players of the week for, you know, like certain teams, you definitely should have Geno Stone in that conversation because he probably had the best showcase for any cornerback that participated in the rookie season. Well, participated in the preseason last week. So I was really impressed with him. Edge rusher Jalen Ferguson, I think he had a pretty nice game. I want to see what he does in this game as well. Going against the Carolina Panthers off the line that's still trying to find themselves. And I think Jalen Ferguson could end up having a breakout season this year for the Baltimore Ravens. So this is it for my Baltimore Ravens versus Carolina Panthers Week 2 NFL preseason preview. Let me know some players that you're going to be watching, some things that you're going to be watching down in the comment section down below. Before I move on, let me get a quick drink of water real quick. Like, for some reason, every time I'm recording an episode, like, my lips get really dry, and I don't really understand it, because, like, I put chapstick on, but even though I put on chapstick, you know, my lips still get kind of dry when I'm recording this, so gotta take a little bit of a water break, but the next matchup that we have to talk about, we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Miami Dolphins. Now, Atlanta, I don't know what the hell that was last week against Tennessee, but it it was pitiful. The defense sucked and the offense sucked. The Dolphins lost to the Chicago Bears 13 to 20. Now for Atlanta, man, like, how is this offense going to look in this game? And I know a lot of you guys are going to say it's the preseason. You know, it's just one game. It's the first game. You can't really overreact. So I'm not overreacting. I just want to see, you know, is this offense going to continue to struggle? Because if the offense continues to struggle, then that tells me one or two things. One, there's not a lot of depth there. And two, you have problems that need to be dramatically solved right away because if one of your starters goes down then you don't really have that great depth and part of being able to be a good team in this day and age in the NFL is being able to have great depth being able to have guys who can step up I was really disappointed with how the wide receivers performed last week for Atlanta the off the line really let them down the off the line was bad against the run in the past now I'm not quite sure if they had their whole entire offensive line starting in that game but it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day like they they didn't give any any of the quarterbacks for Atlanta anytime to throw the football agent McCarron and Felipe Franks and the run blocking was abysmal that they allowed five sacks and 2.9 yards per rush so I was really disappointed with the Falcons offense but I'm not going to you know beat them over the head about it it was only the first preseason game so hopefully they should be able to improve in this game and it's not even hopefully like as a Falcons fan you you're saying in your head okay you you better improve you better have a better showing what we saw last week like the off the line was terrible man and the quarterback play wasn't good neither age mccarron and felipe frames don't look like valuable backup options it looks like you might need to go ahead and you know give me a phone call give me a little ring now i don't know if i'm gonna be a great backup quarterback anything like that but i definitely feel like i can perform better than what age mccarron did and felipe franks did last week but if those guys continue to struggle then maybe you have to think about trading for a gardner Minshew 
who you could really use because you don't really have a great backup quarterback situation right now and you're only as good as your weakest link so I think that you know in this game as a Falcons fan if your backup quarterbacks continue to struggle then you may need to think about looking at a possible trade if you are the front office in Atlanta now the secondary still struggled how will it improve against a really deep receiving core of Miami. Miami has a lot of depth and a lot of talent at wide receiver. So I think that this is going to be a really good test to see how far along that secondary is for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Richie Grant, Richie Grant had like an up and down performance. He had some good plays, but he also had a couple of plays where, you know, he kind of got outplayed for the ball, you know. So I want to see how he performs. I think his preseason debut last week wasn't bad. I think it was solid, but, you know, he definitely had some downs, but he also had a good amount of ups as well. So I want to see how he's going to look in this game. The Dolphins off the line, they played. They played okay against um, the Chicago Bears. You did have some guys who had some penalties there. You had some false starts. But in all honesty, I think the off the line definitely looks a tad bit better this season, at least from last week against Chicago, than what it did last season. Now, Tua Tagovailoa was really impressive. He went 8 of 11 for 99 passing yards. He had a really good drive, but, you know, it got derailed when he ended up throwing an interception, and of course, Twitter only talked about that, but if you take the interception away from the equation, I think Tua looked really good. Like, I saw, I saw, I saw Tua that looked really confident. He didn't look shy. He wasn't afraid to, you know, attack the field down um, deep. And that's something that I saw out of Tua last year. You know, he looked kind of timid. He looked kind of scared. And not scared as the sense, you know, he was just gunshot anything like that, like he was Sam Redon, like he was seeing ghosts. But I just saw a quarterback that was a little bit afraid to throw the football downfield. So I saw a more confident Tua in this game. And I'm hoping to see him continue to impress throughout preseason because, you know, he kind of struggled during OTAs. He's been pretty solid during training camp for the most part. You know, he's had had his ups and downs, but that's the part of the training camp grind. You know, you're not going to have great days day in and day out. You're going to have some down performances. So I felt like Tua definitely needed to come out and have a really strong preseason showing. He also needs to do the same thing against a Falcon secondary right now that still doesn't really look all that improved to me. Now, Noah Ibnogany. Remember him? He was drafted in the first round of last year's draft out of Auburn. He got a good amount of playing time as a rookie last year, but he pretty much struggled in the majority of games that he got significant amount of snaps. But he looked pretty solid last week against Chicago. Now, Chicago didn't really have any wide receivers to, you know, write home about that we should be afraid of. But I think that it was really good to see Noah Iguanagini have a good game coming off a, you know, kind of, you know, let down of a rookie season so the players I'm going to be watching for both these two teams for Atlanta I'm going to be watching rookie safety Richie Grant like I said earlier I felt like he had an okay game you know he had some ups he had some downs he had some plays that he was really good he also had some plays that he got beat that I felt like he could have been putting himself in a better situation I'm also watching rookie halfback Javon Hawkins hopefully we see more of him in this game we didn't really get to see what he could do because the off the line wasn't really you know, giving any running lanes to, you know, 
for the running backs to work with. So for Javion Hawkins, I want to see what he does. Hopefully he can actually have some competent run blocking in this game and we can actually see him have a fair chance to show what he can do because a lot of Falcons fans were really hot on him coming out of Louisville in the draft. I'm Lay Zacchaeus. I'm really high on Zacchaeus, okay, and I still want to see what he's going to do. Didn't really see him last week. You know, the quarterbacks didn't really have any time to throw the football to the wide receivers or anything, so I want to see what he's going to do in this matchup. Felipe Franks. I mean, Felipe Franks had the longest play of the game for the Falcons when he had that big rush that went for a lot of yards, and he was their leading rusher, 76 rushing yards on four carries, but as a passer, he didn't really look all that polished. He was 2-9 for 16 yards passing, so for him, you know, he has a opportunity to win that backup quarterback job right now because I thought Agent McCarron, being a seasoned veteran that he was, having, you know, experience being a starting quarterback for a brief stretch there in Cincinnati when Andy Dalton was injured a couple of years ago you know I thought Adrian McCarron would play a little bit better so I think that is definitely Felipe Frank's job to take if he has the opportunity to do so because Adrian McCarron does really look like you know the clear-cut backup quarterback behind Matt Ryan that I thought he would so I think that Felipe comes out and has a good game and Adrian McCarron has another game that he struggles then I think Felipe Frank's definitely couldn't end up becoming the backup quarterback and before the the preseason even started like I was looking at Felipe Franks as a guy that a lot of Falcons fans definitely can't overlook he has a really strong arm as we saw he has a lot of athleticism he has more athleticism than what Agent McCarron had so for Felipe Franks I definitely think that this is a prime opportunity for him if he's able to come out and have a really good game he could end up you know maybe being a front runner for that backup quarterback gig now for Miami I was really impressed with wide receiver Lynn Bolden going into his second season in the NFL last year you know he was let um he was swapped he was traded to Miami I believe by the Raiders it was really weird and he had a really nice game he had four catches for 47 receiving yards and when you look at Lynn Bolden he's like a do-it-all person you can line him up in different you know positions on the offense you know he can play a little bit of quarterback in the wildcat running back as well slot receiver outside receiver I was really impressed with how he performed last week I want to see what linebacker Shaquem Griffin does I didn't even I forgot that they had signed Shaquem Griffin a couple of weeks ago so I'm going to be keeping my eyes out on him I want to see how he does in coverage he has pretty good speed he has pretty good instincts to the ball it's just all about you know can he be coached up properly he's definitely a linebacker that Brian Flores kind of likes you know he has that good speed he does have that coverage ability he is able to do a little bit of different things so he definitely fits what Brian Flores wants to do defensively Salvin Ahmed um, was a running back for Miami that had a really nice showing last week. He had six carries for 40 rushing yards, two receptions, 31 receiving yards as well, and a touchdown. And I'm going to be looking at rookie safety Javon Holland. Javon Holland had a really nice game last week also. He had a couple of tackles. So those are going to be the players that I'm going to be watching this game for the Falcons and the Miami Dolphins. You guys let me know some players that you're going to be watching in this game also. Moving on to the third game that we have to talk about, the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Indianapolis defeated Carolina last Sunday, 21-18, and Minnesota was destroyed by the Denver Broncos, 33-6. Now, for Minnesota, 
the whole team didn't really perform good even when they had a couple of their starters in the secondary was extremely disappointing Cameron Cameron Dantzler had a really awful game Patrick Peterson didn't play the majority of the starters for Minnesota didn't play at least like guys like Dalvin Cook Justin Jefferson but the off the line was pitiful the defense was pitiful the whole entire performance from Minnesota was pitiful now I understand that this is you know, going into their second week of the preseason, that was the first ever NFL game that they've had for a very long time over the last couple of months. So I understand people are going to be rusty. But if you're Mike Zimmer, you don't want to see your secondary, a secondary that struggled for pretty much the whole entire season last year, you know, continue to struggle in a preseason matchup. You would like to see a little bit, you know, of some good play. At least you could have something to go into, you know, after when you go back and watch film to be proud of but for Mike Zimmer there wasn't really too much to be proud or happy about the whole entire team played really terrible and even though that is the first preseason game you know they may be a little bit rusty trying to get back in the football shape like there was a lot of miscommunication between guys you had guys blowing assignments blowing coverages so as a defensive minded coach it doesn't matter if you're in a regular season or the preseason you know you definitely don't want to see that out of your defense so for Minnesota um I definitely want to see how this secondary looks in this game against Indy now when you look at offense, you know, the off the line wasn't doing anybody any favors. As a matter of fact, the MVP of the game for Minnesota was running back Azim Rose, who had 100 rushing yards on 25 carries. And I forgot about Azim Rose. He was really good when he played for the University of Kentucky. I didn't even know that he was even in the NFL. I thought he still had another year of eligibility. He went undrafted, which was a big surprise. And it looks like Minnesota right now has a stud right now because he was the only way that Minnesota was able to move the ball offensively last week so you look at how Minnesota performed last week I'm not going to overreact to it I'm not going to say Minnesota's going to be a terrible football team this year because of how they performed in that preseason outing last week against Denver but definitely it doesn't matter if it's week one or not you know you kind of want to see a little bit of some more encouraging play out of a position that struggled last year so for Minnesota the whole entire team needs to improve this game hopefully they will have a couple of starters playing don't really know for sure but even if they don't man there needs to be a better showing from the backups and the depth that they have there for indianapolis we still have about to see who's going to end up being that backup quarterback behind Carson Wentz and who could potentially be starting week one for Indianapolis if Carson Wentz isn't ready to go. Now, Jacob Easton looked really good. He was 15 to 21, 183 pass yards. He had a really good two minute drive before halftime. I was really impressed with Jacob Easton. Now, he did have a couple of misfires, but overall, I felt like he right now is the clear cut option to be that week one starter if Carson Wentz isn't ready to go he had a really nice deep ball he had some really nice ball placement as well which was a big knock on him when he was coming out of Washington and I'm I really love watching guys with strong guards throw the football man because the ball comes out really nice you know and 
when you look at Jacob Eason, like I definitely feel like Jacob Eason is more than capable of being able to lead Indianapolis to a couple of wins if Carson Wentz can't start right out the gate, which I think is a big reason why, you know, the Indianapolis isn't trying to rush Carson Wentz back from injury. I think they do have a pretty good amount of confidence in Jacob Eason. Now, Sam Ellinger definitely overexceeded my expectations. When I watched Sam Ellinger play for Texas, you know, he was really polarizing, but I didn't really know if he would be a effective throw of the football on the next level as a matter of fact I thought that he was probably going to end up going undrafted and having to change his position to like tight end or something like that but he definitely proved he definitely exceeded my expectations last week you know I know he had an interception but overall he had a really nice game he was 10 to 15 for 155 passing yards he also showcased his rushing ability 30 rushing yards on eight carries so you know Sam Ellinger looks really good but Jacob Eason to me right now if the season had to start and Carson Wentz still wasn't cleared to play then I most likely would roll with Jacob Eason left tackle is still a huge problem for Indy Indianapolis and it looks like they still don't have that problem solved so preseason is kind of being used to find out who's going to end up you know starting at left tackle and nobody really showed any promise there so it looks like Indianapolis still has a huge hole when it comes to their left tackle position that needs to you know be addressed and right now man like if you're a Colts fan that's probably your biggest concern you're probably not even concerned about the quarterback position right now because that left tackle spot is a really important position this day and age of the NFL there's a lot of games that are won and lost based off the offensive tackle play especially that left tackle position so for Indianapolis you're still trying to figure out you know what's the solution there how you're going to solve your left tackle problem the Colts still have you know on the positive side they have a lot of death at running back which was showcased last week interesting to see what they're going to do against Minnesota um Minnesota their linebacker position is really strong. I think they do have a good amount of depth there. So you look at Jonathan Taylor. He didn't play, but you did see Marlon Mack, who Marlon Mack got his season cut short last week, last year. So he had a really nice showing. I was really impressed. You know, you definitely saw that agility. You definitely saw the ability to bounce the ball outside. You definitely did see that acceleration out of him. And Marlon Mack is really underrated. Like, a lot of people forget that Marlon Mack had, you know, some really good seasons before the arrival Jonathan Taylor so I think that Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor definitely could end up splitting some carries this year I think Jonathan Taylor probably gets about 60 70 percent of the workload and then Marlon Mack will come in then you got Jordan Wilkins who was pretty good as well the linebacker position still has a lot of ways to go if you're a Colts fan I don't think you were pretty encouraged by how your linebackers played last week considering the fact that you know the run game for Carolina was clicking on all cylinders last week so for me my players I'm going to be watching this game for these two teams I'm going to be watching Kellen Mond he was 6 to 16 53 pass yards 25 rushing yards he didn't really have a opportunity to really showcase what he was able to do per se due to the fact that off the line didn't really give him that much time to throw the football so hopefully we get to see uh more hopefully we get to see Kellen Mond have the opportunity to do a little bit more 
if he's able to get some better blocking from the offensive line. Azim Rose, I'm going to be keeping my eyes out on him. Could he end up being the backup running back on this team? Because, I mean, he was the Minnesota Vikings' only offense, if we're being honest. He was the only way that they were able to move the ball down the field. And you don't really see a lot of guys from the running back position get 25 carries in the preseason because normally they kind of want to divide up the carries amongst the running backs so everybody gets the opportunity to shine. But Azim Rose got 25 carries. So I think that the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff is really, really high on him. And I think that maybe if he continues to perform this way, that maybe he could have somewhat of a role on this offense. Now, we don't know what that role will be, but you're giving the guy 25 carries in the preseason. You don't really see that all that often. Really linebacker Chasserot, I want to see his development. I felt like he had a pretty nice game last week against the um, Denver Broncos. I think he was probably the only bright spot on that defense, in my opinion. For Indianapolis, wide receiver Tariq Black, man, three catches for 67 receiving yards. He has had some good training camp reviews, and we saw that come to, you know, light last week. He had a nice grab from Sam Ellinger. He has really good size. He has really good downfield quickness, in my opinion. Like, I think at this point, if he has another good game, he's a lock for the roster at this point. Rookie tight end Kalen Granson out of SMU also was really impressive, in my opinion. Even though he didn't really have a lot of opportunities, I've heard some good things about him coming out of training camp. And he's a really good receiving tight end. He wants pretty good routes from that position. So I think that if he's able to have another good showing, that maybe he could be, you know, having a role on this coast offense as well. Then I'm looking at Marvell Tell, the defensive back for Indianapolis. Didn't really get to see much of him last Last season but I was really impressed with what he did in this game he was pretty good in coverage and he also had some pretty good tackles as well so this is it for my Indianapolis Colts versus Minnesota Vikings week two preseason preview let me know some things that you're going to be looking for down in the comment section down below All right, so the last game that we have to talk about, we have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game is going to be played Monday night. For New Orleans, they lost the Baltimore Ravens 14-17, and Jacksonville Jaguars lost the Cleveland Browns last week 23-13. Now, for the Jaguars... Um, the highlight of the game was pretty much Tim Tebow's blocking. Um, Tim Tebow has now been released by Jacksonville, so we're not going to see any more of him. But the offensive line didn't perform good. As a matter of fact, I was really, really disappointed with how the off the line for Jacksonville blocked for Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence out there, man, like, oh, my goodness, man. Like, it was really hard to watch. And the thing about it is, like, Trevor Lawrence, you definitely understand why he was number one overall pick. I definitely understand why a lot of people were claiming him to be the next Andrew Luck or the next John Elway. Because when you look at him, man, despite the fact that the offensive line didn't play good, like, he was still patient. He was still going through all his reads. Literally, there was times when I saw Trevor Lawrence go to his fourth read. He literally was dropping back one, two, three and four and there were some people who thought that Trevor Lawrence was holding on to the ball too long and things like that but I also think that Jacksonville's play calling could have probably been a little bit better because they were trying to throw the ball deep when Trevor Lawrence was in there and normally in the preseason nobody really tries to you know attempt a lot of downfield throws they normally do a lot of quick passes that gets the ball to their wide receivers so the wide receivers have a chance to showcase what they can do that's normally how most teams go about the preseason 
preseason when it comes to play calling, but Jacksonville was trying to air that thing downfield, and he had a really nice throw to uh, Marvin Jones, so when you look at Trevor Lawrence, man, like, I was really impressed. He wasn't holding the football too long. The offensive line just didn't give him any time, really, so for Trevor Lawrence, I'm really impressed out of him. Then, you know, the off the line. Oh, I need I need to see some improvement, man, because if Trevor Lawrence starts in this game again and the off the line just continues to play the way they did, man, like, if you're Urban Meyer, man, like, you're going to have to have some things that need to be addressed because I didn't think the off the line was going to be that bad. As a matter of fact, I thought that Jacksonville heading into this season had a pretty solid off the line. Last year, the off the line struggled because they had a lot of injuries. But, you know, this year, I thought the off the line would definitely be pretty solid. I thought this would be a top 15, top 16 unit and I have Jacksonville winning 16 games man so I know this is the first preseason game not really going to overreact but you know you don't want to see your number one overall pick as a Jags fan get sacked as many times as he did and you know be under that kind of pressure in his first preseason game like can we at least keep this guy upright until the season starts so for Jacksonville man I'm definitely a little bit disappointed with the off the line performance last week definitely want to see it step up this week the secondary also has a lot of room to grow as well I wasn't really impressed with the secondary neither which was another big issue that Jacksonville had and they had a lot of injuries so now you know you you have some more depth there. You have a little bit more talent. CJ Henderson played also, and I just wasn't really impressed, man. So the secondary still has a long way to go because Cleveland was dotting this team up. And I know it's just the first preseason game, but also you got to understand that Cleveland is just a far more talented team. You don't really see a lot of preseason teams that are really good, that have the amount of depth and time that Cleveland has because there's a lot of guys who are backups that played in that game for Cleveland that are playing in the preseason that could be starters elsewhere. But the quarterbacks dotted this team up, man. Like Cleveland's backup QBs, remember, Baker Mayfield didn't play. So you had second and third string QBs who were just darting up this defense like I was really disappointed with how the secondary performed so I want to see this secondary step up and the secondary I haven't really heard that many good things about it like a lot of people have been trying to tell me that you know like you know the secondary has been having its good days and its bad days but you know Judging from what I saw this past weekend, the secondary has a lot more room to grow. So I want to see the secondary improve. And you're going to get the Saints team that right now is kind of, you know, paper thin at wide receiver outside of Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith, man. Like, you're still looking for answers there. So for Jacksonville, I think that this secondary should have a pretty good game because you're not facing, you know, any great receivers for New Orleans. And, you know... I'm not saying that as a knock saying, you know, everybody's going to be like, well, JT, the starters don't really play that much in preseason, so what do you expect? And I know that, but, you know, New Orleans doesn't really have a lot of depth there. As a matter of fact, they only have, like, two good receivers, and they're still trying to figure out who's going to be the third, fourth, and fifth option. So for Jacksonville, their secondary should definitely have a better game than what they did last week. Um, are we going to see more of Travis Etienne? We barely saw Travis Etienne last week, so I don't know if it was just precautions, injuries, or if they just had other plans. So I want to see more Travis Etienne. I want to see him be able to show me what he can do in the open field. So maybe try to get him a little screen going, maybe line him up in slot because he has been taking some snaps at slot during training camp during this offseason. So I want to see more Travis Etienne, man. Like I want to see that explosiveness. I want to see him show what he can do in the open field with his acceleration in his 
speed. So maybe try to get him a jet sweep or something like that. But try to find a way to get him involved. I think he should at least get at least 10 or 11 touches. Because if he's going to be a big focal point of this offense, you kind of want to get him into in-game shape. So I want to see him at least get twin 12 touches in this game. We also don't know who is tight end one. Now, we know that they have a blocking tight end, but Urban Meyer, his offense also needs a receiving tight end. And as of right now, I don't really know who's the clear-cut receiving option. Um, you know, so you guys can tell me down in the comment section down below who you guys think is leading the tight end battle for Jacksonville. Maybe James O'Shaughnessy, maybe. Don't really know for real. Now, for New Orleans, we have the starting quarterback job up for grasp between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill now honestly you know even though I'm a Jameis Winston fan I gotta say Jameis Winston right now looks like he should be QB1 and Sean Payton was asked about the quarterback battle going on after the game but you know he didn't want to talk about it because the team had six turnovers and I understand that you had three interceptions and you had three fumbles so I understand why he doesn't want to commit to a quarterback right now he's probably going to try to string this out but I think after this game we should should have a pretty clear indicator of who's going to be QB1 and I most likely think that it's going to be Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill, you know, looked like Taysom Hill. You definitely didn't really see the good arm strength. You know, he has like a below average to average arm. I wasn't really that impressed. He had an interception. He was 8 of 12. You know, he you know, he had some okay plays, but overall, I feel like Jameis Winston looked like the more polished QB. I definitely saw a Jameis Winston that definitely looked really confident going in. I saw a Jameis Winston that led a really good drive. He had a nice touchdown pass. So when I look at Jameis Winston, like he's the clear QB1 on the team as of right now. And everybody's saying, well, Taysom Hill offers him a little bit more, but Jameis Winston right now is just the best QB overall, in my opinion. And I think we're going to see that um, in this game as well. Now, the wide receiver depth, you know, still is a concern. You know, you're still trying to figure out who's going to be your third, fourth options. But Jawan Johnson had a pretty nice showing. He had two grads for 71 receiving yards. Marquez Callaway, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Still want to see what those guys are going to do against the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary that is still struggling. Ricky Corner. Paulson Adebo looks like the clear cornerback, too, on this team. He was really good. And you definitely see the size and athleticism come on to display. Like, if, you know, he was able to play last year for Stanford, he probably could have went in the second or first round, man, because he was really good. So, if you're a Saints fan, you're definitely really excited about Paulson Adebo. I want to see what he does in this game also, because he looks like the best cornerback outside of Marshawn Lattimore. Like, I think he can have a really good rookie season. Like, he was really great in that preseason matchup last week against Baltimore. So, players aren't going to be watching for these two teams Tavon Austin remember Tavon Austin um, I feel like after he got drafted by the Rams, I haven't heard anything from him. He was one of the most excited college football players that I watched from this past decade. So when you look at him, he had four catches for 52 receiving yards in a touchdown. I definitely feel like he could end up making a roster because I feel like Urban Meyer wants some wide receivers who can do some things with the ball in space. And you look at Tavon Austin, he definitely counts for that category. And I think that he fits really well in Urban Meyer's offense. Like for Urban Meyer, I I think he can properly utilize the way I think he can properly utilize Tavon Austin 
in ways that other teams haven't really been able to. Like, I feel like a lot of teams, you know, they got Tavon Austin, but they didn't really do anything that made him the dynamic player that he was coming into the draft years and years ago. So for him, I think, you know, you get him the ball in the in space, you know, I think he'd be a really good slot receiver in Urban Meyer's offense. So I want to see what he does in this game, if he can have an encore performance. Like I mentioned earlier, I want to see more of Travis Etienne. I want to see him at least get 10 or 12 touches in this game. You got linebacker Shaq Cordman, who had a really good game last week. I want to see how he replicates that performance this week against the New Orleans Saints. Now, Halfback Tony Jones Jr. for New Orleans. I don't know who the heck this guy was before last week, but boy, this guy is really fun to watch. This man is a freight train. He was running guys over. He was mauling guys. Really impressed with what I saw to him last week. 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be able to get that third running back spot because we know about Alvin Kamara. We know about um, Latavius Murray. So could he end up having that third spot on the roster? Then Kevin White. The Saints just signed Kevin White like not too long ago. He was brought in on a tryout Tuesday. He performed really well. So I don't know if he's going to be able to play in this game or not. But, you know, there's guys who get brought off the street all the time in preseason. There's guys who are brought like two days for a preseason game that they just throw in there. So I want to see Kevin White, if he plays this game, man, like is he going to show everybody why he was the first round pick from a couple of years ago. And Kevin White, man, hasn't really been able to stay on the field battle through injuries but overall man like I'm really excited about Kevin White like anytime I see a team sign Kevin White I gotta look for him okay like I just want to see I want to see just a little bit I want to see this guy have success honestly that's why I'm paying close attention to him so I just want to see Kevin White have success man rather that be the regular season the preseason I'm just hoping that Kevin White's able to have a spot on this team because I see why people keep bringing in Kevin White because obviously you know you have that athleticism you have the size so it's obviously something there if teams keep on bringing him in and hopefully the New Orleans Saints could be that team that if he's able to stay healthy that maybe could unlock Kevin White's full potential that we have yet to be shown so this is it for my Jacksonville Jaguars versus New Orleans Saints week two NFL preseason preview let me know some players that you're going to be watching some things that you're going to be watching also down in the comment section down below and thanks for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast I'll be trying to drop one more episode before I leave for college on Friday probably try to get that out tomorrow and that probably much will be my last episode for the next couple of days so I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Podcast.